Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show that comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Hollywood week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly, hashtag MMO Weekly, hashtag MMOW. It is December. My God, where did this year go? I feel like we were just like in the middle of our Tarantino rewatch series, getting ready to ramp up to see something over the summer, and now we're in the last month of the year as we hurdle towards the end and hurdle towards yet another Oscar Sunday, which will be due up in shorter time than usual as it comes mm-hmm. to us February 9th. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. I got the Irishman soundtrack in my head, <laughs> really playing on loop, yes. just like the movie. At my house is playing on loop lately. It's I, I, it's consuming. We're gonna get you that OSP pretty soon. Yeah. but we're really studying it. We're we're having fun uh, with that one. I read the book too, so I'll be able to. You're ultra prepared. It. You're really. I don't know. I think I'm spending more time on the puns of the title and what we should name <laughs> Which our are really good, by the way. Like, admittedly, you're doing a fine job. I'm a little surprised more people haven't said Driving Miss Pesci. That one I giggled over for, like, literally 40 minutes straight. You're doing God's work here, Mike. <laughs> There's so many on the cutting room floor, too. There's so many. I had to, like, text my brother this morning. like, hey... Just check. Some of these are just too bad to make public, correct? <laughs> just, he's like, oh, you're correct. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just offensive language. <laughs> Bold the ones you like, please. <laughs> well, you can look at all those uh, at MM and Oscar on our Twitter. Mike's been doing a great job with those. I, I We didn't talk about those. You just put those up, so I was laughing when I looked at those. I just saw those by surprise. Uh, but we will start. We have the Irishman, like you said. Uh, this is not going to be any kind of Oscars. Well, it might be tangentially related to the Oscars, but this is not movies, our, yeah. our Oscars specific news uh, and information show that'll be Oscar Race Checkpoint we bring that to you once a week as well Uh, this is going to be your everything else entertainment in Hollywood uh, around the Hollywoods as I like to say and Mike likes to laugh at me for uh, everything else going on in the world of movies and entertainment and we cover all that in MMO Weekly that's what MMOW is every week and with that Michael we like to start by talking about what we're watching can you give me like a doo-wop background doo-wop to be Good job there. <laughs> I love the music from the movie, my God. So I did a triple feature yesterday morning. Okay. For the Friday off. I watched I Lost My Body and Atlantics on Netflix. That sounds like a mind fuck. So I Lost My Body is an animated film. It's about a severed hand that walks around the city. For 80 minutes. I feel like because you watch so much more than me, you're starting to just lie about programming that's out there and just see if I ever catch on. The weirdest movie I've seen in a long damn time. It's very good. I enjoy that's good. the watch. I give it a solid B all day. But it's basically, you know, from the Adams family. I was just, it. it's cousin it just walking around NYC. That's exactly what's going on. And it's just, it's kind of fun. He's got to fight off some rats. It's just a lot going on. I don't think it's NYC, I think it's in France. Oh, all right. I don't know if it's or what. Cousin It does a baguette. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. (laughs) I watched Atlantics. This is the best international film selection out of Senegal, I believe. They're speaking French here as well. Never have I experienced a story that dealt with the supernatural in this way. So it is a supernatural movie. It's a beautiful movie, first and foremost. I mean, the blues of the ocean, the construction of the skyscraper in the distance. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Another B all day. And there is this supernatural element like the trailer 
you know, put forth. I, I loved it. I, I think it's very unique, and I, I just, again, visually, it's just stunning. Yeah, now that you're talking about it, I'm remembering which movie it was. We did cover this trailer in one of the Oscar Race Checkpoint episodes, and mm-hmm. the way it was presented, we didn't know if it was, like, a ghost story or if it was just a guy who faked his death story. It's kind of both, all, huh. all, both at once. It's really strong. I, I, I enjoyed it. But you it. recommend? I enjoyed it. It's on Netflix. It's a quick watch. It's, like, 90 minutes. Cool. Bing, bang, boom. I got to check my, that one out. Yeah, yeah, I lost my body's 80 minutes. I will not be checking that one. Well, the report on Amazon Prime is a little longer. Some awful exposition dumps in Act 1. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, quote, uh, remember when we talked last year after the president <laughs> said this when he passed this bill into law after Bin Laden? I mean, there's just so much of that early on. Do you remember when you watched Zero Dark Thirty and how that was all the setup? So do you remember in Article 4? No, there's literally a scene where there's Zero Dark Thirty playing oh, in the background. God, nobody literally. needs that. Go Annette Bening is still getting some love for she, this. She shouldn't be. This yeah. movie has fallen off the map. Of all of all consideration, she's really. doing the mimicry right, and yeah. I, I, I'm impressed. Playing Diane Feinstein out of California. Yeah, there's no real Oscar real scene for her at all. Like hmm. I would put another nine supporting actresses ahead of her right now. I think okay. she's my ten. Over, I mean, just my rankings, right. and I'm just basing it on quality. I mean, we love her and everything. I mean, she's really good. Yeah, in absolutely. This. I have no issues, but she's even keeled, and I just don't see it. Uh, I think uh, I think people would have gotten onto her beforehand right. if it was something special. I had that going in, and I, it confirmed my bias in that regard. Same with Driver. I, I can feel like he is the type of character who's just been reading a 7,000-page document for the majority <laughs> of six years. I mean, he's playing that very well. I feel like this performance in Driver is just something to add to his CV of the yes. guy that owned 2019 more yes. so than the stand. I mean, everyone's going to remember him, presumably, for Marriage Story. Correct. And he'll have that finale with the Skywalker saga yep. there. So, I mean, yeah, this is his year. And this is something else for the SAG Awards yep. where they usually take that into account if you've done other things. And it totally boosts his profile. Right. I, would, I would agree with that. But it's a solid movie. It's another B all day, in my opinion. Uh, it really comes together. I thought uh, very well, but I don't know if it's necessarily a two hours that I needed. It might have been like an article that I could have read that got everything it needed to get across. Well, you're talking about, I mean, as far as Amazon movies here, and the next one you're going to mention too, these were two movies that Amazon dumped a lot of money in to get the rights to. You would think, and we speculated at the time because they thought they were awards-caliber movies. Yeah. Not Goldfinch, going to be the case one, yeah. on either side. Goldfinch is another one. And the best chance that an awards or an Oscars movie they have this year is a little $5 million Honey Boy movie that they're going to put out. And I can't wait to, to. see yeah. it. just came to Connecticut. I'm going to get out there. i dog-sitting, and it's just like WrestleMania <laughs> with these two little puppies all weekend. They're having fun. But I can't go to the movies right now, but watching that things at home. Brittany runs a marathon. And this is the, the other, other one that was a big purchase for Amazon. I watched on Amazon Prime. Very positive. Also believable somehow. Like I I buy into the whole diet, you know, realism. Mm-hmm. And she loses a ton of weight. The makeup at the beginning of the movie when she's going back to her bigger self. Right. It doesn't work that well. It's very shiny makeup. Gotcha. Uh, bothered me. Bothered me a great deal. Were you bothered more by that or by some other uh, makeup and effects you have seen some recently? other <laughs> makeup and effects. We're going to get into that. You know, a little later. Probably when we record Monday. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I think this movie's really charming. I think uh, Jillian Bell is hilarious when she wants to be. Good. I just wish they let I her be her. hilarious mm-hmm. for the whole movie. Like, she could have been just... 
hitting you with one-liners right. like she does in early act one during the setup the entire film and I would have given it a, like an A minus. Really? She was wow. that funny early on. She's so, great. It's another B86. I think it's solid. So you've had a lot of quality at least in, in what you did watch on demand here. Maybe nothing that's going to break through in the awards ranks but a lot of stuff that you're, that you're just not wasting your time with which is nice. And we you know had a longer setup for this MMOW so I mm-hmm. watched four TV shows. I'll do this quickly. Mandalorian episodes three and four. Not as good as one and two, but I don't care. It's still fun. There's the <laughs> cutest looking character in the history of Star Wars. Well, he's been all, I mean, we could say, yeah. He's been all over every meme and gif everywhere. My God, the cutest Muppet of all time. (laughs) And it's real, and it's real, and it's, oh, it's just so adorable. Yes. They need to get those toys right. Apparently right now they don't have the toys right, so what are they doing? Because they kept it a secret. This is something I was going to bring up. We're talking about Baby Yoda, and the writers kept the Baby Yoda a secret from the marketing department? Yeah. I remember reading this because they wanted it yes. So they they didn't have the license or whatever. I, it oh. sounds really flimsy to me because you would think Disney of all companies would be on top of that kind of stuff, and maybe it slipped through the crack and they didn't actually realize how big Baby Yoda would be. But there it is. It's twenty nineteen, almost twenty twenty. Yeah. Make that actual Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, uh, make that likeness. The toy, and everybody will buy it. I will buy it. Adults will buy it. If you have a three or four year old, that ha- you have to dress like, them as that for Halloween next no, year. No, you will buy it. You just bought a oh, $56 yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood special edition. Gonna win Best Picture. You just bought that. You will buy Baby Yoda for 40 yeah, bucks. I'm going to make my niece dress up as it next year. Absolutely. <laughs> Adorable. I watched. Uh, a couple shows on HBO, uh, His Dark Materials, episodes one through I've three. I've seen not so great reviews about this. I don't think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Like, the l- writing is lame, and that's my biggest problem. Oh, no. The CGI is not very good. I don't like parallel universe fantasy. I gave up after the first Stephen King Dark Tower series book. That movie was terrible, but I, I st- was going to read all the books, and I can't get into it. I just, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think you're alone there. Like I said, anything I've seen about this has been like... Well, it tries, is basically the the big summation for it. I want to wait for the talking polar bears. I really, really do. But that, This is a thing in this movie? I know yeah. nothing about this source I property. I don't think I'm going to wait All for right. it. Watchmen is great, though. My yeah. goodness gracious, it is tremendous. I, re- I rewatched the movie from 2009, which is okay. It's solid. Great mm-hmm. ending for that. Great ending for the graphic novel. You need to watch the movie or read the graphic novel or be a reader of the comics before you watch the show because i am lost and i don't care it's just like this glorious feeling of i can't wait to find out more stuff about this world are they touching on a lot of social issues in this show Oh yes yes Uh, no question about it but it's an alternate reality like nixon was in the white house for like four or five terms and it's it's really that sounds terrifying it's really cool but it's this alternate (laughs) history present (laughs) (laughs) and roger stone probably is a metaphor for every character Kind of thing. But it's really, really good, and, and what a cast! So. Yeah, Regina King getting a lot of love and publicity, and a lot of uh, Emmy talk for her awesome. role in that in that show, and kind of a, a different turn for her. We don't really think Regina King this like action superhero kind of star, but she, yeah, great, beating the crap out of people. Great, so it's awesome. awesome to hear, awesome to see. And then I just got bored like earlier in the week, and I, I don't know how when you're watching all this. Dublin but. Murders. <laughs> I watched episodes one through three, and these are based on the Tanya Tanya French book. 
books, mm -hmm. uh, Into the Woods and the Likeness. I remember loving those books. They're these Irish mysteries, murder mysteries. I don't remember anything of the plots because I've watched too many movies and read too many books in the interim mm -hmm. since then. So it's like vaguely familiar and I'm like just dazzled by the storyline. I don't know if the show is that good, but it's it's better than the average star show so far for me, in my opinion. I don't think I have any exposure to any stars show ever. I know Power is a big one. Outlander, I've never watched it. I watched Outlander seasons one and two, and that was really strong. There was a show with Kelsey Grammer, and I think it was a he was a he was great. I'm vaguely yeah, something yeah. like just peaked in my memory. Yeah, right, 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 right. That one I wanted to watch that. And that was it, awesome. there's so many shows with me. I tell myself like, oh, I'll let this one run so I can just binge it, mm -hmm. and then I forget about it. <laughs> and so now I just have this rolodex of like shows and and movies that I, I want to watch that I've just totally forgotten about. But it's nice to see. I mean, for the most part, for as much as you did watch, it seems like, and you would expect this, I guess, with the end of a great year like 2019 has been, mm -hmm. you're getting a lot of quality content in, even if it doesn't rise to the level of awards caliber let's talk about a quick c by skip now uh mm -hmm. let's uh let's keep it i really want to include atlantics because i want to get a more well-rounded uh picture of what you think about that so let's go with c by skip of atlantics uh britney runs a marathon Ooh. and throw watchmen in there just out of curiosity sake. oh that's tough yeah that's tough you seem to be very high on all three of those I'm, I'm, i am and britney runs a marathon is something like after the two days of thanksgiving binging and that's a different kind of binging. That's just food. Would have made me feel bad. <laughs> I kind of need that movie to give me like another. Oh, I see. Talk. Yeah. And I'm doing okay. Like I did okay for breakfast this morning. I did okay for with breakfast yesterday. But there's no denying myself the leftovers. My father said to me the other day, "He's like, you look like you're putting on weight." I'm like, <laughs> "You think, man? <laughs> you fucking think? I've had nothing but watered bread and other bread for two days straight." <laughs> Yeah, the carbs will do Wash it, it down with pie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I have to say Britney Runs a Marathon is something I'll definitely see again. Okay. I have to buy, I have to buy Watchmen because I'm going to okay. keep watching that. All right. And I, I guess I have to, you know, sell Atlantics. Yeah, so you're skipping, skipping Atlantics. I mean, but which isn't a pejorative, you know, you're not being negative about I don't it. You're very high it. on all three of these, but I'm it's just, on. yeah, you just happen to be higher on Watchmen. So Watchmen is making that big of an impact. Is it rising to the level of, like, succession with you? No, not quite. Okay. But I, I'm more curious to watch the next episode. I'm watching with someone who's slowing me down. Oh, ah, right gotcha. Gotcha. Right one of those. I would have watched all six, but we're, we're having fun with Good, it, so. good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, it, it took a little longer with Mike's What We're Watching, one, because he watched a bunch of stuff. Two, I again, I had a, a death in the family, a very close personal friend, yeah, so I haven't had any free time to watch anything between just watching what I need to watch for our OSPs, and I'm the currently the in the middle of The Irishman <laughs> as we speak. I have not finished yet, as I knew. I, I knew it was going to be a, at least a two-piecer for me. I could I, three and a half hours. We're getting to the point with these movies where I'm getting offended that these directors are can suggest that I would be able to watch these in one sitting. I can't wait to review it. I really <laughs> can't wait to review it. We're gonna have some fun with that one. Uh, this is a lot of great stuff. Yes. A lot of yeah. I mean, it's an Oscars movie, right? Yeah. I mean, there's certainly aspects to it. It makes a lot of sense. Not only that it is Scorsese and all that he's already done, but in with the talent attached. So we, we're gonna have a lot of stuff like Mike just teased. We're gonna have a very well-rounded, I think, review. The Oscar Sprint profile for the Irishman is something we're gonna record. Hopefully Monday. We're supposed to get some weather up here in the Northeast on Sunday night, so that may throw things into a tizzy. But we are planning on recording that Monday. 
Tuesday. Hopefully it will be for your ear holes uh, on Tuesday and we, we'll be able to consume that. And hopefully, uh, we'll, like we said, we'll give you a, a well-rounded and very much anticipated review for that. Uh, so we'll see not by be, skip. Yeah. Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci right now. You're you're three quarters Look, of the way man, through it. Look, man, I don't get the De Niro hype. I just don't. Yeah. I, I don't think. I know a lot of people want them in the top five, and I don't know if it's a legacy thing or if they truly are seeing a lot of stuff, or maybe it ramps up in the last hour plus of the movie that I have left to go. I don't get it. I have a lot of issues with things he does. He's got a couple scenes towards the end. I okay, all right. Uh, I, I I love Pacino right now. I think I would buy him. That's the loudest of the certainly and the most most monologues. It's fun too. to see Pacino that it way is. Again. It is embracing it oh. and getting back to it. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes, like Devil's Advocate. And that's the other thing. Like this, maybe we don't know how many of these were getting left. Where these guys are going to reach back into the tank and throw some some heaters. Righteous so, Kill Two, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe or eighty nine minutes. Was that the other one? Eighty minutes, whatever. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I would I would buy Pacino uh, and I would see Pesci and I would skip De Niro. It's not to say De Niro's bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's bad in this movie by any means. I don't think I see a top five performance. He's supposed to be a six foot four Irishman. Yeah, I, don't know that, I, I know he's part Irish. I know that's tr- a truth. We've bioed him before. He shouldn't be called De Niro then if he wants to play an Irishman. <laughs> She's like, De-de-de. yeah, right. <laughs> so. I can't. Oh, here I'm doing my uh, D Reynolds thing. I can't get the accent right, and I got to go top of the morning to you before I can get it. It is Robert De Niro. There you that's go. Terrible. You nailed that's it. Awful. Offended all of our listeners, of but that's fine. We'll move on so to some. Wrong. Well, Mike, you, you have a chance to apologize here now because we're going to audience interaction like we usually do after what we're watching. We're yeah. going to talk about six degrees of MMO. Something happened with you this week. So we were debating. Right before we uh, decided on Adina Menzel, we were debating her or Chadwick Boseman from Fred Rogers. And we usually try to connect two people who are, you know, in the theaters at the moment or on streaming or whatever. Sure. I screwed it up. I didn't (laughs) underline in my document who we picked. And I remember we had fun with the whole Adele Dazeem thing. We sure did. And we thought our friends would have fun with it, too. And we wound up going with Adina Menzel. Well, when I'm making my big collage, Mm -hmm. I didn't double check. And I already had it done. And then, of course, I attach every single person who's ever responded to Six Degrees (laughs) of MMO. Because we're trying to build it up. And you guys are responding more than ever. It's working. Yes. You're doing a follow Friday thing with it. You've been great. You've been awesome with it. We're getting more responses than ever. It's it's perfect, except I screwed up who was in it. So we're taking submissions for either Bozeman or Menzel this week, <laughs> and we're going to have fun with them both. Basically, if you're connected to people in Hollywood, we'll give it to you this we'll week. We'll give it to you this week. <laughs> Efficiency wards, Michael. Yeah, we have Colby back, uh, who, we, again, we just collaborated with for Ford v. Ferrari Oscar mm-hmm. Sprint Profile. If you haven't checked that out, that was a wildly fun time. Be sure to go listen to that. Definitely. He says, at Colby Told Me, Chadwick Boseman to James Cromwell in Marshall, Cromwell to Tom Hanks in The Green Mile. Tom Hanks stars as Fred Rogers in the upcoming A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's what the Efficiency Award's about, right? One, two, three, and get out. Merck with a movie blog at Movie Blog Merck said, in February 2018, Complex Magazine wrote an article titled, Is Tom Hanks the White Chadwick Boseman? Unbelievable. No, they couldn't have. No, they couldn't have. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> Tom Hanks is playing Fred Rogers, of course, in A Beautiful Day in the neighborhood. My God, February 20th, 2018. <laughs> 
Unbelievable. It's Tom Hanks, the white Chadwick Boseman. How dare you doubt movie blog? <laughs> I know. I should have known better. That's on one me. one hell of an accurate movie blog. <laughs> Dark Nook. At Dark Nook Shop, he says he has a one-to-one. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was on the air for almost as long as coming soon trailers have been running in theaters for Chadwick Boseman's new movie, 21 Bridges. <laughs> yeah. A little tongue-in-cheek because 21 Bridges was supposed to be out in April, so we all saw a bunch of trailers for it. They moved it back to November, so we're seeing all these trailers again, and now it's finally in theaters. Excellent job. Two books of the week. Uh, we have Wojcik Weischer, and basically what he did was in honor of the lighthouse. <laughs> Uh, he says, my <laughs> dissertation on horror here, I will give myself a challenge and try to link Fred Rogers to Chadwick Boseman, not only through Adina Menzel, <laughs> but also through some horror films or titles that for me sound like a horror movie title. I love it. And it's just extraordinary. Go on our Six Degrees chain. I'll, I'll retweet it. Go listen to that, connecting everything. We have a little yeah. rivalry going on for Book of the Week between Voyshek and a cut, like two or three MC other people. Myers, the MC Stark, Myers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah they, keep, they keep they keep coming up with their own themes which is just incredible and so we truly do want to highlight those make sure you go seek those out and APA something a podcast about mm-hmm. something Mike they used 18 television episodes of 18 different Christ. shows to connect Fred Rogers to Bozeman it was unreal it's like a new challenger has entered the arena when you're playing Smash Brothers you know? it's it like was- a new challenger comes for the book of the week it was incredible it's absolutely <laughs> incredible and we're going to have another book of the week I yeah. win this damn yeah. thing again Mike <laughs> family sigil award goes to Mark Burgundy at the One Hanson, another frequent flyer here. Fred Rogers is distantly related to Tom Hanks, who is distantly related to Liza Minnelli, whose mother, Judy Garland, was in A Star is Born with James Brown. The other James Brown was portrayed in Get On Up by Chadwick Boseman. I really like that. (laughs) The We Almost Did This Award and we almost did this. We almost screwed this up <laughs> worse, and I'll tell you why in a second. The Nomcast at Nomcast Pod there, Andrew, yep. and we're collaborating with Buddy him, there. and we will again. Adina Menzel sang in Frozen with Kristen Bell, who was in The Disaster Artist, with Allison Brie, who was in Community with Keith David, who played <laughs> Keith the Handyman in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, starring Fred Rogers. You want to let yeah. that out of the bag yet? We almost did picked Keith David last week as one of the links. We love Keith David's career. He's in like every movie. He is the quintessential that guy. Yeah, he is. From every movie. Oh, that guy. It's that guy. And great. He's done the longtime voiceovers for like the Army and the, the Marine known. commercials. We yeah. should have known he was in everything. Great and therefore, job. he was in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood at one point. Uh, Paul Britter at Brutal Tripe also said Chadwick Boseman is in 21 Bridges with Keith David. There he is. Who appeared in nine episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with Fred Rogers. Nine episodes. Incredible. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, The shot, 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 shot. Award goes to Mario in the bar at T-U-M-L 7505. It's an I to me. Tummy. Yeah, I can't read. That's an I. T U M I seven five zero five. I need new eyes or powerful glasses yeah, or something. Do. Fred Rogers was in Mister Rogers' Neighborhood with Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee played the role of the big bopper in La Bamba alongside Joey again, Pots and Pans, Joe Pantoliano, mm-hmm. who was in Goonies with Josh Brolin, who of course played the role in Avengers: Infinity War alongside Chadwick Boseman. And he goes, there goes the dynamite. <laughs> Give me a shot. <laughs> I love that. The, I'm just using these fun entries as an excuse to talk about how insane draft day is. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. These are many awards here. <laughs> Every movie has a lesson. At Casablanca Don says Fred Rogers has Bill Nye on 
Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He had him on there. In 1997, Nye has been on The Big Bang Theory twice with Jim Parsons. Parsons was in Hidden Figures with Kevin Costner. What? <laughs> Costner and Bozeman were in draft day together. Yeah. Yeah, they sure were. Boy, do I have thoughts about draft day and Kevin Costner's approach there. Kevin Costner. Oh, that's right. He was in yeah. He was like the, the the boss of the uh, where they were all working there. He was the head math nerd. Yeah. Yeah, he was the he was their uh, the guy in charge there. Audrey Radajack, Audrey underscore Radajack. Fred Rogers lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the Steelers play. Steelers are in the AFC North with the Cleveland Browns, who were the subject of the movie draft day that Chadwick Boseman is in. Very correct. Nice job. Two more quick ones. Jonathan Michaels at Jonathan M underscore five oh seven. Fred Rogers was on Wheel of Fortune with Vanna White, who was in Naked Gun thirty three and a third with Weird Al, who was in Pop Star. Never Stop, Never Stopping with Emma Stone, who was in The Amazing Spider-Man with Dennis Leary, who was in Draft Day. He was a rival GM, or he was like the owner or president or something? Yeah, yeah, I think it was a rival GM. I think that's right. And Chadwick Boseman was like a draft pick. I love that all these people are coming back to Draft Day. One more, Robert Doc, 1984, Robert Doherty. Rogers was subject of Won't You Be My Neighbor, featuring Yo-Yo Ma, who's on soundtrack of Seven Years in Tibet. We're going way off from the Draft Day course, but it comes back with Brad Pitt, Who's in Once Upon a Time with Margaret Qualley? Who's in The Leftovers with Scott Glenn? Who's in Silverado with Kevin Costner? Who's in Draft Day with Chadwick Boseman? Mike, the the trades that Costner makes in Draft Day, <laughs> we could do all like, eight part. <laughs> no question, we may have this. to. Yeah, that may be that may be one of the rewatches we do this summer. It's one of the most awesomely bad things I've ever seen because it's hilarious, preposterous. He trades down, he gets more cap. No, he stayed up. Oh, sorry, he stays put for some reason. Yes. And then he trades down or trades back up again. I oh think my God, I think he walks away with the first and second pick in the draft. He does. <laughs> and he just totally overdrafts these guys. Like they're gonna be terrible. Yes, no they're, question. They're, they're doomed for all eternity, like they currently are, like our <laughs> yeah. Giants are. And that's how the Browns came to be. <laughs> it's, it's hysterical. That movie is hysterical. Thank God for it. The winner this week, because again we must. Yeah. And it's back to back weeks. Is M. C. Myers at film objective Chadwick Boseman has got to be the weirdest way to pronounce Adina Menzel yet (laughs) that's correct all right all right so here we go the Fred Rogers to Adina Menzel brain fart challenge where each step has to complete a connection to Jovan Voltata (laughs) are you kidding me I don't know what that Fred Rogers hosted Mr. Rogers neighborhood which in one episode featured the first on-screen performance of Michael Keaton Keaton was in Jackie Brown directed by Tarantino who also directed Pulp Fiction starring Jovan (laughs) Voltata is this like the f- guy from the fake commercials on the Super Bowl? The guy who was supposed to be in every Super Bowl was like a kicker? I you thought he those? was just purposely mispronouncing John Travolta's name. <laughs> That's, that's gotta be it. It's gotta be it. It has to be it. It Yovan has to Voltan. be because that person Adele does not Z. exist. It does not exist. You confirmed it on yeah. IMDb. Well, guess what, folks? My brain farts aren't limited to after the episodes are recorded. Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas, who which he changed to differentiate himself from that other Michael Douglas. And, of course, Michael Douglas was uh, John Woo's first choice to play the Archer character in Face Off. Okay, here, okay now I get it. Right. It's confirmed. I was, just, I was still suspicious. 
face-off, which ultimately went to Voltata. <laughs> Voltata. Michael Douglas's dad is, not was, Kurt Douglas. He's 102 years old. Still kicking. Who dined at President Lyndon Johnson's table with Princess Margaret during her famous U.S. tour in 1965. Oh my God, Mike. Margaret was famously feuding for years with Princess Diana, who danced at the White House during her royal tour in 1985 with Jovan, wearing her now infamously expensive Voltada dress. <laughs> Volta dress. He's got to be making some of this up. <laughs> Uncovering shameful sex photos of Princess Margaret was a major plot point of The Bank Job. <laughs> Starring Jason Statham. What? Statham was in The Expendables with Sylvester Stallone, whose younger brother Frank started staying alive with Voltada. Travolta. <laughs> Why did Travolta take that job? <laughs> Statham starred in the Transporter series created by Luke Besson. Yes. And in 2010, Travolta starred in From Paris with Love from a Besson story. <laughs> yes, he did. Besson directed The Family, starring Robert De Niro, who presented the award for Best Screenplay at the 2014 Oscars, at which, and he brings it all home here, John Travolta, a man whose only job in, in general is reading words from pieces of paper, <laughs> was so awestruck by Adina's beauty that he forgot how to English. Just, just, yeah. Great job. Great job, (laughs) MC Myers. As always, a very worthy winner this week. Back-to-back. I guess he can stay comfortable after winning Six Degrees last week, so he's staying comfortable. I know you're going to be listening to this on December 1st, but for our purposes, we could have one last go-around with this uh, chair made out of mashed potatoes and stuff (laughs) that's been propelled into space as we're spoon-feeding you different... Off uh, of the fart gate. Yes, yes. Propelled by methane as we're feeding you accoutrement stuffed with gravy (laughs) and covered in gravy. We're going with him. (laughs) Right. We have to be on either side of him. Uh, And I, I suppose you're just going to go uh, float out into the ether because it's time for a new chair next week. Mr. Manhattan is waving to them from Mars. <laughs> right, right, right. So this is canon now in the Watchmen Slight universe. Slight spoiler. It's MC Myers and Mr. Manhattan, of course, yeah. floating out in space. Uh, we like to think he too is in a mashed potato chair. He right. can enjoy some of the, you know, it's the Santa stuff. version of Thanksgiving. Is so what that's what they are. Yeah. Like he, he'll give them the air bubble because they're mm-hmm. probably you know running out of it after mm-hmm. you know the mashed potatoes are half eaten there. So there we go. I know I run out of air after I'm eating mashed potatoes, just in general. I run out of air after reading these books of the week. (laughs) My goodness, folks. Great job. So, Mike, what do we have for a challenge for the good people next week? And let's stick to it this time. Okay, we're going to start with Adina Bozeman. I mean, uh, (laughs) Chadwick Menzel. No, all right. Of course, we got to bring back Adina Menzel, don't we? To do it proper, probably. I think we got to do that. Yeah. And because it's Adam Driver's year, and it's definitely Adam Driver's week to come, he's got the report that we just reviewed on Amazon Prime, and very, in, you know, in a couple days he's going to have Marriage Story on Netflix. Yeah. So we'll go Adam Driver to Adina Menzel. There Remember this one. Also, <laughs> and we're going to be reviewing Marriage Story in an Oscar Sprint profile as well towards the end of this week. Uh, we have, again, something kind of special planned, so hopefully we're going to go through with that yep. as well. So look forward to that. But yes, for purposes of this Six Degrees of MMO Challenge, Adina Menzel to Adam Driver, do your best, also your worst. Mm-hmm. And let's move into a box office update, Michael. Yeah, Frozen 2 won it last week with $127 million domestically, 223 internationally. It was at 350 
And as of Friday morning, it is now up to 430 worldwide. I'm guessing it's going to go to like almost 600 after the weekend. Yeah, probably well over a half a billion by We're the time this weekend's this over. Saturday morning. Yeah. Right. So, uh, not a surprise. I don't think. Fourth largest domestic opening ever for an animated film. The highest worldwide debut ever for an animated film. Probably, again, not a surprise considering the first Frozen domestically opened at $93 million. Yeah. It only took seven days domestically in U.S. theaters for this movie to cross the $200 million mark and over $430 million worldwide. Uh, just an interesting note about, again, we always like to focus on the China and Japanese markets with the U.S. movies. China and Japan combined for a little over 30% of its international cumes so far. So that's a hefty uh, price, a hefty chunk of what's going on overseas as far as where these U.S. films make their money back and get their profits. Just an interesting note that I noticed, this movie has yet to have a day thus far where it's made less than $12 million as of Friday, so that's just something to keep in mind. That's a very good sign, especially when you consider what finished at number two and how that movie's been doing. Ford v. Ferrari made $16 million. Again, this is last weekend. Mm-hmm. It was up to about 104 after last weekend. Now it's up to about 114 million worldwide after Thursday. Yeah, and that's a little surprising to me. I would have thought that a racing movie headlined by bona fide A-listers could have found a nice life for itself internationally, but so far has not been proven to be the case. 114 million dollars worldwide. Only 40% of that has come from other countries. Uh, not doing well on a per per screen basis. Not really thriving. I don't know that this one necessarily is uh, going to be making a lot of money. It's going The budget alone was almost $100 million. The biggest issue with it is all of the traffic that's about to come with the movie theaters. Mm. So how long is it going right. to stay in every theater on the screen count it started at? So. And even if it does, who's going to go see it as opposed to what's coming out? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a little upset that it didn't hold uh, very well at all. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood made $13.5 million in its opening weekend. That was up to 22.5 after Thursday. $45 million budget for this one. It's already doing less than $1,000 per screen per night itself. And that so, got those tax breaks down, right. down to twenty five. Right. So, you know, if it if it did only cost twenty five total out of pocket, then hopefully there is a path to at least breaking even for this one. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you stick to that $45 million number, I'm not sure this one's even going to make its money back. I would agree with the $45 million yeah. number, but I think it's going to hold well enough and then do okay overseas, like in... I see. I don't know. I mean, the documentary wasn't even nominated at the Baptist, so I don't know how well Mister Rogers translates at all internationally. You had that theory before. Yeah. That was a good one. It, it well it paid true because you know, won't you be my neighbor? Didn't right. do anything. You know, beyond the domestic, Twenty One Bridges. It made nine point three domestically last weekend. It was up to twelve million worldwide, and now it's like sixteen point three after Thursday. Midway was in fifth with four point seven. That was up to eighty one point seven. It's now over ninety five million. Good for them. I mean, people have obviously there's a market for horror movies, and if they like Midway, probably gonna get blown away by nineteen seventeen based on all the reviews that thing's getting. We talked about that in ORC. We would think, and yet everybody I talk to at Thanksgiving dinner is like Midway. You got to see Midway. And really? Yeah. They were that high on it, huh? Very high huh? on it. All right. A lot of people have been high on it. So Good. Maybe maybe it's just a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Projections for this weekend, Thanksgiving week. Again, we're recording this early, so we can only project Frozen Two. I've seen everything from one twenty nine to one. 35 on its five-day cube, but it was originally at 100-plus million. It's been going up, and now it came back down again a little bit. Okay, so, well, that's still going to, like we said, it's going to be over half a billion no matter what way you cut that pie. Knives Out 
got a huge boost Good. after the actual numbers started trickling out. It was originally projected for like 25 to 29 million. It is now being projected to go 40 to 44 in the five days because it made 14 million in the first two. Get this thing nominated. I mean, we're, we have a very special Knives Out review. The OSP for that, we have another kind of special thing planned that we don't want to give away yet because we don't like giving away guests and stuff until after we have them recorded just in case things just fall in case through. They have to back out. <laughs> right. It would look badly on all of us. <laughs> So, yeah. so we do have something special planned for that, but uh, like I put on Twitter yesterday, our Knives Out review is going to be a little later than normal for us, how we would treat these types of reviews. We're going to be recording that December 5th with a guest, but uh, could not be more excited to get to that, and I'm glad to see the numbers uh, seem to be holding steady with how the film is being accepted. People are very pleased with this movie. It's got to be a crowd pleaser, even yeah. if it's different than what you'd expect. I, right. I want to see it again. Like, I can't wait to see it again. Right. So we're going to study it and have fun with it. Queen and Slim also doing very well. Again, I need to get to the movies because it made $4.1 in its first two days. That was much higher than projections. It was only supposed to make 10 in the five days. It's going to make 15. That's good news. I know Colby Mack kind of slid into our DMs to talk about it on Facebook, and he was not oh, really? thrilled with the movie, which which kind of upset me oh, because no. I had nothing but high hopes for this. I was hoping Jodie Turner Smith would have broken yeah. through too. Yeah. Like that was a name that I was like, oh, maybe she's mm -hmm. going to be the one this year to really just be you. on the rise and that surprise Oscar nominee. So it's sad because I, it, it was the sexy pick. Pick. Yes, Lena Waithe was making big moves. With we're streaming all. Deals. I mean, everybody loves Kaluuya. So yeah, I mean, exactly. high hopes. But we're we're gonna get to that one. We'll see it and judge for ourselves and let you guys know as always. Uh, just as far as the overall box office numbers here for a second, the domestic box office kind of badly needs this injection of life here yeah. at the end of the year. Of the 16 weekends covering the final weekend in July through the last weekend in October, so take November out of the equation here, the domestic weekend total had decreased from the previous week's number 13 of those 16 times. Yeah. So the box office had kept falling and kept falling and kept falling. Now, in November, it's gone up three of the four weekends thus far, and so even if it were to go down again based on all these huge numbers Frozen and the like are doing, that may be a bit misleading because even if it does go down, it's going down from these record highs that Frozen is putting forward, okay. so it may not be the worst thing. But overall, nonetheless, the domestic box office is about $800 million off the pace of the 2018 at this time, or about 8% behind what 2018 was doing. So it needs an injection. Maybe Star Wars can be the, the lifeblood for it. Maybe, you know, maybe Knives Out takes off in a Bohemian Rhapsody type of way. I don't know, but we're, like we said, we're about an, almost a billion dollars off the pace of this time last year in 2018. The Irishman would have helped in theaters. Sure would have. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Great oh, wow. point. Marriage the marriage story may have too. We don't know, but uh, we will transition into some trailer thoughts. Trailer thoughts. Handful of trailers to get through this week. The first one we're going to talk about is the first look at the last full measure. The premise: it's a story of awarding a posthumous medal of honor to a hero during the Vietnam War. Now, the release date has been moving around for this one. Originally, it was supposed to come out this fall. I, I remember reading like late October, early November. Okay. Now it's been pushed to January, which is usually a very bad sign, mm. especially for Oscar hopefuls. Mike, I think the best thing about this trailer or the best thing I thought about the trailer mm -hmm. was how they made the hair of Sebastian Stan look like the hair of Bradley Whitford because it was like matted back. It was both the same kind of matting, right? 
I didn't even notice it, but I had no doubt that you would. I thought for sure they were going to play father and son. Yeah. Like, that's his dad's hair. And then I look at the IMDb cast list, and they're, they have different last names. I mean, they're playing basketball together in the trailer. He's got, like, his arm around him at one point. I thought they were father and son characters, and I'm so disappointed. So now you're out on this movie Broke altogether. Broke my expectations completely. This is... An interesting, it's, it doesn't seem to be your run-of-the-mill war movie. I'm more apologetic to when you get, like, a shining the light on a hero that maybe would otherwise go by the wayside right. or who needs recognition. It seems to be that type of story more so than just another war movie. Patriotic films have been doing great at yeah. the box office as of late, so maybe they just saw an opportunity in January if they didn't think it was going to do well. I still get freaked by, like, the last flag flying that didn't right. do well at all. Right. I mean, that was another kind of, like, look back at, right. you know, the times... Uh, that we spent uh, overseas in, in the wars, you know, from a veteran's perspective. And that's a much better movie than what it did at the box office. But we have a great cast, Samuel Jackson and William Herter in this as well. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the trailer. Yeah. It looks good. Same here. I, I was I was surprised by how much I, I thought this appealed to me. I like the way it looks, and I, I'm with you with this cast. This is a surprisingly deep cast for this type of movie. So uh, very appealing, I would say. If Bradley Whitford... <laughs> And Sebastian Stan were the two leads in Ad Astra. I would have loved that movie. Okay. I, that's the first thing that sprang to mind when you were talking about how you thought they were father and son. Like, is the hair the first thing you notice in all these trailers to try to pick up on familial relationships? That was your best title by far of an episode this year, by the way. In space, nobody can hear you storyboard. Yeah, that movie. Uh, that was good. And that's our number one episode of the year. I mean, yeah, a lot of people listen to it. I can't believe that. All right, thank why, you. Why, people? Why? <laughs> We, we don't understand you. Mike, we have the call of the wild as the next trailer. The premise, give Harrison Ford a boatload of money to star in the adaptation of a YA novel taught in middle schools across the country. YA novel? How about the great American novel? How about a classic of American literature that is probably 100% responsible for making me the dog lover I am today? <laughs> But you're right. I, we, we had to read this in middle school, and of course I loved it back then, and I'll probably enjoy it today, too. It's a great story. Have we had just a zillion dog movies lately, or am I crazy? Who are you right now? <laughs> Who are you? Like, are you just a contrarian because you wouldn't have complained about this a year ago no, when I... it was all the horse movies? <laughs> I can't see dog movies, man. I can't, because I know something bad happens to the dog. I can't bring myself to watch yeah, but that. But then something good happens to the dog. Yeah, I know. I Hopefully, end, anyway. He's going to be you know, in Harrison Ford's lap, and he'll be petting him. And it'll be that. <laughs> I, I'm sure I read this in middle school. I don't remember specifically doing it, but I know my mother, who taught middle school for like 40 years, mm -hmm. called me after seeing this trailer on her television set and just demanded that I not only take her to see it, but also that we as MMO cover this movie I am willing to do one of those two things <laughs> you should be willing to do both what's wrong with you no I'm with mom one on this one uh, here's an issue though like I'm not sure the CGI dog is necessary here mm. I mean it's almost like Irishman level you know shiny mm. for me some of the VFX shots work some don't I'm going to give this movie the benefit of the doubt maybe they should have paid Harrison Ford a little less though how is this not a Netflix movie all right. I mean, this seems like especially it would White just... Fang just came out on the, <laughs> you know the animated version. But... Yeah, I don't know that this movie does anything for me, honestly. But I I am curious to see seventy seven year old Harrison Ford kind of bear grills his way through the movie. So maybe that's enough to get me in the theater. Oh, wow, it's totally worth it. Yeah, I mean, just a grizzled old Harrison Ford patting the dog on the head. 
and getting through the, you know, nature. Get off my rocks! <laughs> Mike, Emma, we have a teaser trailer. So we have the premise of Anya Taylor-Joy in a reimagining of Jane Austen's novel by the same name. And because Downton Abbey had such a wild success at the box office, why not throw some heavy violin music into this trailer, too? So Mom 1 is hyped for The Call of the Wild. Yeah. Also, Mom is hyped about Emma. <laughs> she was asking me about it the other day. Like, when is that movie coming out? We need. When are you going to review it? What's going on? <laughs> We she do loves, this show for our mothers, people. That's what this has come down she to. She loves Jane Austen. <laughs> that's they clicked a billion times on the Ad Astra review. That's all that that that's solves that mystery. Happened. How is that adjacent to Little Women and Jack London? <laughs> In my mother's case, she probably just forgot she had listened to it, so she just kept it play on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're both books. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that this trailer gives us all that much to kind of analyze. So good job being a teaser, Bill Nye. Though, come on, he's stealing the show. Just how he comes down those. <laughs> stairs with that last minute hop yeah in that tight little suit there my <laughs> god good for him good, well, good for him that he could squeeze into a suit yeah like yeah that's number true number one and then give so much sass with all his facial expressions throughout very obviously a period piece a lot of quick cuts a lot of office-like glances to the camera and side uh, eyes to other characters side eyes my god there's some funk to those looks <laughs> from on your on your taylor joy mike uh she thinks she's in the favor too that's the impression i got <laughs> as well a lot heavy Violin throughout this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Autumn DeWild, he's the director of this. He's a man who's directed a lot of Beck music videos. Wow. So that's something, I suppose. They're I don't know ironical. much about him. Yeah. Uh, is this a property you're familiar with, Mike? I have never read Jane Austen, uh, but based on the trailer and this cast, I I'm in for this movie regardless mm -hmm. because you got Suspiria's Mia Goth, yep. you got Gott's Gemma Whalen, you got the hilarious Miranda Hart. She's like the best friend from Melissa to Melissa McCarthy's spy. Gotcha. And spy. Okay. So I'm, I'm in. They're being funny in the trailer. Innocence? How about innocence? <laughs> I mean, that's just like a goofy thing. But Plus, I'm also halfway through Little Women right ah, now. I'm listening to that, so I'm building up the period piece endurance. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, no small, endurance. that's no yeah. small feat because so, I've been on record with this. Sometimes period pieces are bit of a slog to But this through. is a comedy. So yeah, right. This I doesn't seem to be typical. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And there was a comedy on the page and, you know, it's right. funny in the trailer, so right. let's go. Right. Mike, Antebellum. Premise. Fool me personally into thinking that this is a trailer reveal for a secret Jordan Peele property. Leave me questioning WTF I just watched after I discover it isn't all the same. The premise reads, successful author Veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. Yeah, so Janelle Monet is playing that Veronica role here. Now... Let's just say that premise could be applied to any horror movie. Just change the name Veronica to whoever your protagonist is. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what the hell this trailer is. We have this eerie mix of current day technology and past facing visuals. Like we have a look of what looks like slave and civil war right. soldiers running through a field with a jet engine flying overhead and a nine one one call being My recorded. Yes, is that the past is like haunting them now? Do they get time traveled back into the antebellum south with all the slavers and jesus if that's not a terrifying premise i don't know what is yeah right so that could be really freaking scary if they if they really lean into it i don't know i i, I think janelle monet is excellent in everything she's been in though Mike. absolutely i mean she's in hidden figures she was awesome she was a standout from harriet i love that she's getting a lead part in a movie the only a matter of time before she has oscar gold i, I think that's very true there's also a little girl in this mm. who 
like at the end of the trailer, goes the shh with her finger to her lips. Yeah. And all it reminded me of, because her fingers are a little off center, it's not directly on her lips. And I had watched Pretty Little Liars in a past life. And Have you the now? opening credits, the opening video to that show is mm-hmm. Lucy Hale mm-hmm. missing her goddamn lips with a shh every fucking episode. It was off center and it bugged the shit out of me. Maybe she had the makeup on her nose she couldn't do it. It's not hard to not even hit your lips and just be in the middle. <laughs> right? Like you could do it. The pet peeves. So that had like a Vietnam level flashback oh, when wow. I saw the that pe- yeah, in this the, trailer. The pet peeves we have and the grudges we hold are completely irrational. And I'm, yes, I'm talking to you. I'm sta- stating that to your face. The MMO biopic could be called The Grudges We Hold. Just wait, just wait until we get to the Irish. No, I'll have a few, I guess, too. But I mean, look, I- I'm looking forward to these winter movies more so than I ever thought possible. I mean, they're winning me over in yeah. the marketing. I'm worried about the you know notoriety of that particular month being something that usually disappoints you. Yeah, the execution is going to be something to look out for. Do these movies hold up, or are they just doing a great job of marketing them? We will uh, be on top of it and let you know for sure. Let's wrap up this episode talking about things we may or may not care about. This is the Do You Care segment. This is where we take out the newest stories of the week and we ask each other, do we, should we, or will we care about them? The way we start every Do You Care segment is I ask, also Mike here, I, I was thinking of adjectives, I'm just going to avoid it for now. We can start the new month off on a good foot. Uh, I ask him about the new theater releases this week and otherwise mike this week coming out in theaters we have never surrender a galaxy quest documentary that's going limited going wide we've talked about both of these a lot previously but we have both queen and slim and knives out debuting i saw knives out already mm-hmm. i'm going to see queen and slim once the doggies stop wrestling <laughs> never surrender a galaxy quest documentary is something i read a review on uh, filmthreat.com mm-hmm. and i was totally hyped for that and then i listened to their podcast on it so i'm in for that movie I love Galaxy Quest. I'm probably going to watch it on VOD because I can't find where it's playing. Gotcha. Because it's not, it's not widely released. But obviously this week on streaming, you got so much stuff. Yeah, you, got you the do. Irishman. You got The Report on Amazon. I Lost My Body. Atlantics. Obviously I'm in for all of those because yeah. we, I reviewed most of those at the I top mean, of the show. You're literally in and now you're out already. <laughs> right. Look at VOD too. You had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Never Down heard Abbey. of it. <laughs> Don't have you ready or not. And Hustlers, they're all available to buy on demand. You can rent them, my, my guess is next week. So we're in to rewatch all those too. Yeah, correct? if you get caught in the snowstorm, you got a, a lovely weekend here where you can sit your ass on your couch and watch doggies, a lot of contenders. Let the doggies wrestle on let the Let the dogs royal rumble. And you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but we got next week's theatrical releases to talk about as well. Yes, wide we have I See You, which is a horror movie starring Helen Hunt. Nope. Helen Hunt. They're bringing back Mad About You on some obscure streaming network. Hmm. I don't think she looks like herself anymore at all. Really? Yeah, I thought she looked, looked. I don't know if, you know, I, who am I to say, but not at all looking like what I thought Helen Hunt would look like at this stage. Uh, I hope she didn't do too much work on it. Right, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about it, so I don't want to speculate. I always but found her beautiful. So I did I. I so did I, yeah. Family Guy jokes are out there. I was like, come on. Yeah. Uh, going otherwise, uh, notable releases that we've talked about, which are going limited, we have In Fabric finally gracing us with its presence, as well as Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Gonna watch both of those. Yeah. 
As soon as possible. As soon as humanly possible. Yeah, I can't wait for either of those, honestly. I, I see you. I know nothing about. That's a surprise to me, and I probably won't see it, ironically. <laughs> I'm shocked. But we're busy. We're going to get a lot of Oscar movies. But VOD, you got Abominable at Astra. You got the documentary Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My mm-hmm. Voice. We want, I wanted to get to that one. And then streaming, you got Marriage Story coming out at the end of the week. At Astra, 84 critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. 40 audience score. Yeah. 40%. Uh-huh. Did not register well with a lot of audience I people. get it. Yeah. I I'm think we share that sentiment. That do get it. <laughs> Marriage Story couldn't be ranked higher. Very early 97-86 split on Rotten Tomatoes. 94 Metascore. 8.4 IMDb. It's a heavy Oscars contender. We've talked about it and set it up a lot. And like we said, we will have a special Oscar sprint profile for it at the end of this coming week. Right. What in the hell is this, Mike, coming up here? What is this? Authorized... We're getting an authorized Michael Jackson biopic coming from the team that brought us Bohemian Rhapsody. And let me just say, yeah, like the fact that it's authorized by the Michael Jackson yeah. estate is just surprising to me because, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked by a Michael Jackson movie. Right. I wouldn't, right? Especially if it's going to deal with a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But this is the like puff piece version. Like, so I mean, we don't know the truth of all this, correct? Right. You're going to we go do not. It here. We do not. Um, they say, for their part, the rap who had the, the lead on this, the the estate says it's not going to be a puff piece. It's going to be a, a, a biopic. Um, I find that hard to believe, because why would they okay it? There's also not a studio attached yet. There's just producers. So the producers of Bohemian Rhapsody have attached themselves to this without really a home. Uh-huh. There's a lot to get into. Also... File all of this under a WTF News of the Week because there's also a report out there of a Michael Jackson musical being planned with Johnny Depp as a producer told from the perspective of Jackson's famous diamond-studded white glove, which is a sentence I was just sure I'd inevitably say one day here on MMO. So there's a lot to unwrap with this Michael Jackson news. I'm more okay with an authorized Michael Jackson biopic if I was sure that, one, it'd be a balanced and honest... Well, just address all the stuff. Right. They would shine a light on the dark stuff and at least try to give some sort of explanation or something. Right. That would make sense to me. And two, if proceeds from said movie were given to some, you know, some fund siding with survivors of sex abuse or sexual assault, anything like that, that doesn't seem to be the case anywhere in this. Nobody would argue against that. Right. Uh, This is a never ending debate to me. Without relitigating the Finding Neverland accusations and evidence, I sincerely believe that Jackson, just personal, this is my personal opinion, I sincerely believe he's guilty of something. Um, But I also have always believed that he's suffered from some sort of mental handicap by through being worked like a dog throughout his childhood, and that affected his mental development. The rumor was that his father passed him around. Right. That was the rumor. Right. You know, to to all these older executives, and that that would be a nightmare that would turn anybody screwy. And look, that's not an excuse. It's not. But even legally speaking, insanity is a valid defense that it doesn't absolve the act whatsoever, but it's recognized as a replacement for the mens rea which is needed to intentionally commit a crime and if you want me to go further into all that i'm willing to do so for two hundred thousand dollars over three years of law school so you just pay me that and we can talk about it um i think the professional life of michael jackson is fascinating yeah i think it's impossible to tell a movie about just the professional life of michael jackson 
That's my thought on this. Right. It's too well known. There's too many allegations and and whispers and all that type of stuff and and victims out there that are alleging these, these horrible things. So I don't know how you can do that and tell this what I think would be an idolized version of his biopic and his story in a movie. And if that's the route this is going to take, because it was okayed by his estate, if you're just going to tell the praise Michael Jackson biopic, I can see a a world in which that never even gets off the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's just like partisanship over Michael over the Michael Jackson issue here. Now, we again, we have no idea right. what's true and what's not. I couldn't even get through Leaving Neverland. It's I watched like It's a, awful. an hour of it and I, I like I can't It's truly do it. horrific. I can't do it. If it's true, then of course like there's no worst person, there's no, you know, there's no legacy right. for this man that I could, you know, validate in any way shape or form even if his music is you know great inarguably great mentally disturbed or not and we all know that everybody would agree with that right i mean at the end of the day so it's just surprising to me that amidst all these accusations and these public you know in the entertainment world accusations to the point where they're it's winning awards for being the best documentary of the year something that everybody's applying these standards of journalism to it's there, and now we're getting the, this team that bought you Bohemian Rhapsody is going to make a authorized movie of it. I can't get my head around that. Like, there, there's no way in my brain, like, this is going to reach the finish line and they're going to make this movie. Yeah, not as is. I, I, I'm with you there. I cannot imagine. Like, I is mean, it posturing? Is backlash it legal posturing? alone right. is going to keep this from being any kind of success out of the gate if this is how they present it. There's going to be too much negativity towards it. Well, the it. downside, and again, we don't know what's true. We right. don't know. And a lot of passionate people, a lot of good people, people we respect, don't believe this any of it's true. And they believe he's been framed. And that may very well be the case. We have no right. effing idea. But it's then again, a... you have these accusations, and we're trying to get to culture and whether or not right. you believe that. And whether or not we know it's true it's inevitable that it's going to come up. Why attach yourself and to it, it? It's hard to like go into that movie and then like, you know, tap your foot to it. Right. A, and it, for anybody in that right. climate, right. for anybody, even the fans who believe now, that he's innocent. If you want to tell the story of Michael Jackson's childhood and the trauma he probably did suffer at the hands of his father from by many accounts, right. there's a story to be told there without getting into the the stuff he did as an adult I, I I just don't understand why I understand you know musical biopics are hot right now they're awards fodder uh, look at Rocket Man and how well that's doing and how, and how all the juice they're able to, to squeeze out of that as far as being relevant and in the zeitgeist and making money with it and getting awards with it but I, I don't I would leave this alone I don't I don't like this at all it, I, I don't like it it gives me a bad bad feeling if leaving Neverland or those accusations weren't were never out there, then I wouldn't be surprised to see 10 biopics about Michael Jackson over the next 50 years. But that's not the reality. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on. Uh, Noah Hawley, and not, in fact, Quentin Tarantino, is going to direct Star Trek IV, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, and Zoe Saldana all returning. So I haven't seen Lucy in the Sky yet, and there's no way to transition from Michael Jackson. Of course not. Yeah, we're just going to take it head down and keep going. Uh, I'm a big fan of Hawley's Fargo series. Sure, Uh, he also wrote some good novels. I didn't like Legion though, so ultimately I'm kind of torn on this. 
basically, I wanted Tarantino Star Trek, though. Yeah, that's it's got to be a disappointment for anyone that's a big Tarantino's fan or anyone that's a big Star Trek fan because he's been flirting with this property for so long and mm-hmm. kind of at least said, oh, I have a script recently. So the fact that they're not going in that direction. But then again, Noel Hawley, he's made some of the best moments on television mm-hmm. in certain years with that Fargo series. So can he make that happen here on the big screen? Can he figure out, you know, the, or get a great script? And, and, and just figure it out from there? I, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for this one, but uh, I don't know. The lead may be buried a bit, too, because there was a time not too long ago where Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, this was not the plan for the next Star Trek movie. They were talking about a reboot or going forward with a new cast or casting a new lead. So. It's been on that fringe of profitability. I'm sure it makes yeah. some bucks you know, after it hits Blu-ray and, and on video and, and they're selling the streaming rights and they know that it's a franchise that's made some money in the past. Right. But the recent sequels didn't do all that well yeah this may be the last chance for this type for this group to prove profitable and go forward and it's going to be very interesting like i said no holly wildly talented wildly capable so i'd like to see him pull this off me too bong joon ho's next movie mike is an action horror film stop me if you've heard that before <laughs> Look, uh, even when Bong is off for me, he's still giving me something to think critically about and ponder. Not nearly enough directors can say that, so I'm all for him continue to do what he's always done. Right. I find myself oscillating wildly when it comes to opinions on his work, so if nothing else, he's pretty much guaranteed to elicit a, some sort of visceral reaction from me. I loved Okja more than most. I disliked Parasite more than most. I truly thought Snowpiercer had the tools to be an all-timer if... And again, stop me if you've heard me say this before, if he handled the last 30 minutes or so differently. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for anything he puts out. Look, I mean, if it's Willy Wonka 2, though, are you still... <laughs> All right, listen, I think it's really cool that he's developing two projects and he's developing them basically by writing up a storm these right. days. And it's really exciting to me as a huge fan of his work. I like the vast majority of his stuff. Mother was the only film that I wasn't super high on. But he's doing a movie that's like that international production with English actors. That's going to be an English-speaking movie. And then he's doing a Korean film. And I just, I think he's a unique director nowadays. And I I love the ambition of making a genre bender like this, because he always does. And he's making an action horror film. Let's go. Yeah, the momentum kind of trailed off a little bit for Parasite, at least with us dealing with all these new properties coming out in theaters. It's going to be interesting to see if that can rebound and reclaim some of its momentum as we get closer to nomination time for the major award show. Uh, Wrapping up your last story, Michael, one of your favorites, Charlie Kaufman, has written a movie about a film critic who watched a three-month-long movie, which is basically what I'm going to talk about when we do The Irishman. Uh, So I know Charlie Kaufman's a big favorite of yours, so I'm just going to recap his CV. He's only had two projects written by him in this past decade. One was a TV movie called How and Why starring Michael Cera. The other was a 2015 animated film, Anna Lisa, which he did receive an Academy Award nomination for. All right. That, Talk about this, Michael. That was good. Anna Lisa was good. I think that's how you pronounce it. But I don't know. What I do know mm-hmm. is that nobody defined my college screenwriting days more than the scripts of uh, Charlie Kaufman. I mean, from being John Malkovich to Adaptation to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I studied those scripts more than most. That's probably why I got tangled up in the web of not being able to finish my own damn strip <laughs> scripts. But when I saw Synecdoche or Schenectady, does that how you pronounce Schenectady? I don't know. <laughs> Synecdoche, Doch, New York, uh, with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's got to be Schenectady, right? It's got to be. I, I always thought I never looked it up, and I'm not going to look it up now. Why <laughs> You're change? a man of principle. Why change? Yeah. 
that probably broke his mojo. And it definitely broke his mojo. It's about this, like, theater experiment of Philip Seymour Hoffman in this warehouse just doing live theater for three hours. Hamlet 2 type of thing. Hamlet 46 and yeah, a half, 33 yeah. and a third. I don't know. It was received. What he was doing there. Relatively well, at least by the scores online, that movie. But you were not a fan? It was okay. Again, you you get some goods, you know, typical Charlie Kaufman goods, but then it's like extra depressed. Mm. And he makes movies about depression. Yeah, he right? does. I mean, right. he's, he's mired down in his dumps sometimes. And it's usually great, and it's usually very insightful, and I'm, I'm in. Look, I will watch a 30-hour movie by Charlie Kaufman. I, My gosh. Never mind. Watch a movie about a critic watching a 30-hour movie by Charlie Kaufman. I... I can't. <laughs> I mean, I can only take so much down in the dumpsness from somebody else before I need a reprieve, but more power to you. I know you are a large fan of Charlie Kaufman. A lot of people are going to be excited to see what he puts forth. This Do You Care section is about a lot of forthcoming properties, and mm-hmm. some we're excited for, and some we're quite questionable of. But it's nice to see what's on the horizon, at least in the land of Hollywood, and that's why we do Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly. And as always, want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about any of the forthcoming properties we touched on here in the Do You Care section. And anything else we talked about here in MMO Weekly, and quite frankly, anything else we do here in the Mike, Mike, and Oscar empire, you can leave us those thoughts, comments, questions, concerns at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you do hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. Podcast. And if you'd be so kind as to go on the Apple Podcast app, that little purple square with the white Kaufman sticking out of the middle of it, <laughs> tap on that, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar into the search, tap on our logo as it comes up, scroll down once you'll see the opportunity to leave us five stars. Thank you for all of you who have and all of you who will. And if you could tell a couple friends to do the same, it would really, truly mean a lot to us. Michael, what is coming next from MMO? We've hinted at some of it. And what are some words of wisdom to end MMOW? It is wise to remember the six degrees of MMO challenge. <laughs> This week, yes, I'm talking is. to myself. It's Adam Driver to Chagwood Bowser. I mean, Adina Menzel. <laughs> Adam Driver Close. to Adina Menzel. And I will put that out on Friday via Twitter. But you, of course, send us all your submissions throughout the week. We'll have fun with that. I think for another Saturday, Sunday MMOW next week, we have the Gotham Awards happening on the 2nd. And we'll be doing an Oscar race checkpoint to kick off uh, your podcast listening next week asap for after you know the gotham awards happen the week after that we got golden globes noms and we basically been pitching everything we got coming up we got marriage story we got knives out we got the irishman next up on our list in terms of osps we got a lot of fun stuff to do we'll probably cover queen and slim and an orc there as well or maybe an mmow depending on when we can get to it honey boy as well my god so many movies to see Gotta go to the movies. A lot of movies, a lot of nominations, a lot of awards. That's what this time of year is, and that's what we do most. And quite frankly, I think what we do best, guys, as always, uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We're trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. When reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us. Hopefully they aren't three months long. (laughs) We will see you very, very soon. See ya.